Welcome to the Pray Tell Stories podcast. Grace and peace to you and your family. Our mission is simple. We pray, we tell stories. May these prayers and stories encourage your heart and refresh your spirit. You can follow us at anchor.fm forward slash pray tell. Thanks for listening and Maranatha. Greetings, my brothers and sisters, my friends and companions, my fellow pilgrims on our faith journey to Zion City. My name is James, and today's episode is about our identity as God's sons and daughters. First, we will pray together. I will pray spontaneously about God as our Abba Father and praise Him for restoring us as sons and daughters through Jesus. Next, I'll share a story from our Blazing Trees mission last week, an account of a shocking, devastating experience I had during a prayer gathering and what the Holy Spirit taught me. My heart's deepest desire is that these prayers and stories show you how easy it is to pray. My hope is that this podcast will inspire you to pray more and share Jesus' stories with everyone around you as the Spirit leads. Thanks for listening. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, We love you, we praise you, we worship you. King of kings, Lord of lords, great I am. How can it be that we get to call you Abba Father now because of Jesus, because of his faithfulness, because of his his willingness to set his face like flint towards Calvary's cross and be crucified at Golgotha Hill. I thank you that you are our Father and thank you for your promises in Romans 8. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Father, our environment in following you is spiritual warfare. There's so many spiritual attacks, so many spiritual battles. There's so many pitfalls. There's so many snares for our feet. There's so much false teaching and false prophecy and false gospels circulating out around there in our world. And there's so many people who are clamoring in the noise of the world, competing for our attention to believe what they're saying from their stage and their microphone. And yet, Holy Spirit, you are speaking quietly, but you are speaking within. You are knocking on the door of every human heart worldwide. And you are inviting us to believe in the truth, to believe the mystery that you have restored us as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ 
and we are your children, beloved and cherished forever. I speak your name, Father of compassion, as a blessing over our generation today from 2 Corinthians 2. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Right now, Lord, we are receiving your comfort. We are receiving your compassion. We are receiving your love. We are receiving your amazing grace. We are experiencing your marvelous mercy, even if the only place that we can receive it and experience it is in your presence and in this place right now. We need this comfort. We receive your comfort. And I thank you, Lord, that you are teaching us compassion and you are discipling us in how to be comfortors to the nations. Because there is so much trouble. There is so much tribulation out there. And I pray, Lord, that you would teach us how to be ambassadors of compassion to those around us. I want to declare a perseverance blessing over our generation today from Romans 5. We also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being with us. Thank you that it is not on us to persevere. It is not our responsibility to endure. It is our calling to abide and to rest. And in our suffering, in our pain, in our failures, in our confusion, in our worry and doubt and fear, you come in and develop character in us that leads to a hope that cannot be quenched. Because, Holy Spirit, you have come to live inside anyone who has decided to follow Jesus. I thank you so much for the words in one of my favorite songs, Great Are You, Lord. You give life. You are love. You bring light in the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. We praise you, Father, and we surrender to you. Speak, because your sons and daughters are listening. We pray, trust, and believe in Jesus' name. Amen. I was in a prayer gathering last week online with over a dozen leaders scattered across the nation, praying for spiritual awakening and breakthrough generosity. These leaders all represent businesses and ministries involved in the generosity space, a vast network of leaders who study charitable giving trends and ask questions like, what is authentic generosity? Why do people hoard their resources? And how can we help the church 
become consistently generous. Throughout my lifetime, I have participated in hundreds of gatherings attended by Jesus-loving leaders. No gathering is flawless, and I know that no one is perfect but Jesus. But I heard something on this prayer call that I could not believe. I was shocked and horrified, and the Spirit showed me something important that I will remember. Our leader, who is very generous and kind and filled with the Spirit, opened up the time for us to take turns praying spontaneously. As we prayed, one brother I've never met began to pour out his heart before the Lord, and all was well until he began praying passionately about a picture of Jesus and his disciples that I have never heard. He said, We are Jesus' donkeys. We are beasts of burden that are stubborn and hard-headed. And as Jesus rides upon us, He has to beat us over and over again into submission so that we will obey Him, so that He can make us go wherever He wants. As soon as I heard this brother praying these words, the Holy Spirit in me said, That's not from me. Also, as this leader was praying so fervently, so intensely about this picture of following Jesus, other people on the call were saying, Yes! and Amen! Yes, Lord! I was really troubled in my spirit, but I didn't say anything, because I'm a peacemaker, and I know the Holy Spirit is able to protect and correct His disciples. Later that day, I received a message from a friend, and he began using those same words from the earlier prayer gathering. He said at the end of his message as a word of encouragement, We are Jesus' donkeys. I could not believe it. How could this happen? How could wise, seasoned, experienced, veteran disciples of Jesus hear one person use an unbiblical, destructive analogy to inspire God's people towards faithfulness and generosity and then pick it up as an anthem of praise to wave, a visionary banner to get behind, a fresh motto to follow. At this point, I knew I had to say something. I reached back out to my friend, both with a message and a phone call. I shared my heart. I explained, in love, how grieved I was in my spirit to see this deceptive picture of the kingdom of God slither its way into our hearts and language. Here's what the Holy Spirit gave me to say to my friend. No, we are not God's donkeys. Don't believe that. Don't say it. Don't receive it. Don't pass it on to others. That fraudulent picture is a seed of poison. We are reborn by the blood of the Lamb. We are God's adopted, beloved, cherished, anointed sons and daughters walking by faith in the freedom of the Holy Spirit, co-heirs with Jesus and His friends.
companions in the Great Commission and spiritual warfare. And even as I shared these words, I couldn't believe that I was having to remind experienced, spirit-filled leaders of the truth of who God is and who we are. That Jesus is not a violent master beating us as stupid beasts into submission. I heard back from my friend who said, Thank you so much for this. I felt something not right about the donkey prayers, but I thought it was just me. Now I know it wasn't me. You help me hear Jesus. God bless you. And thank you for reaching out because I feel so much better. Now, I am very thankful that our Father brought truth and correction into this situation. But what I heard, what I witnessed, remained with me all week. I spent a lot of time in worship and prayer seeking Jesus on this experience because I knew deeply in my heart that my Father was asking me to pay attention, to watch, to discern by the Spirit what He is revealing to me as His Son and friend. Here are three revelations about prayer gatherings that I learned. Number one, the hidden deceiver. The enemy is present and preaching when we gather. Number two, our Berean freedom. We are Bereans, on our guard, testing every teaching. And number three, the trustworthy helper. We each have the Spirit to help us teach us, and guide us into all truth. First, I saw the hidden deceiver. I learned that evil spirits are present when disciples of Jesus gather to pray. I think my conception before was that when we gather in the name of Jesus, it's a sacred space and the devil cannot listen to us. He cannot hear what we are saying. And Jesus places a hedge of protection around his people so that the enemy cannot influence us when we worship and pray. I was wrong. To be clear, I'm confident that there are special times when God's people ask for a wall of holy fire around their gathering for safety and security. And our Heavenly Father grants these petitions. I think of all my friends around the world in the persecuted church, especially in places where it is illegal to worship Jesus and punishable by exile, imprisonment, and even a martyr's death. Our almighty God and strong tower protects and safeguards whomever he chooses for his sovereign purposes in his providential timing. But I saw the enemy get a foothold this week in our prayer gathering. I saw the devil preaching a false gospel while concealed in a cloak of shining light. He was soliciting, and he was deceiving, and he was recruiting believers into this false teaching while present within the company of the saints. Therefore, the Holy Spirit has revealed to me that prayer gatherings are both wonderful and dangerous. They're wonderful 
because we experience God's presence and hear His voice and learn what our Father is up to in the lives and hearts of our brothers and sisters. But they're also dangerous because the enemy is also present with us, twisting truth and sowing lies and bringing deception and sharing his own gospel of false identity and counterfeit teaching and imitation prophecy. Second, I saw our Berean freedom. By the grace of God, I knew immediately that this donkey's perspective of disciples was false. I knew it in my heart, and I rejected it. I would not let that twisted truth sink in. I would not receive it, and I renounced its intended infiltration into my mind and beliefs. And I am confident that this brother who prayed this way is completely blind to the deception. I believe he is an innocent victim, thinking he is righteous, and that he is helping guide people into something true that will help them know and follow Jesus better. What a blessing that I have freedom in Christ to speak up and speak out when I saw others I love being deceived by it to bring loving, humble correction to this fabrication that we are donkeys. And Jesus is a frustrated overlord beating us into doing his will. The truth did not only need to be confirmed and secured in my heart, but also in the fellowship of our team. When I saw the false gospel take root and spread, the Spirit gave me courage to say, No, this is not true, and we will not believe it, and we will not speak it as true, and we will not spread this filth to any other person. This lie ends here. May you and I be unwilling to sell the birthright of our authority and anointing to be Bereans. And I'm not talking about a denomination or an association of churches around a doctrinal statement. I'm talking about Bereans in the context of the disciples in Acts who tread carefully in community with other believers. We must be Bereans, testing every teaching, never receiving anything from someone initially, or automatically assuming God is speaking through someone. We filter what we hear through all the scriptures, through the Holy Spirit, through conversations with a variety of trustworthy companions, and testing them with time, patience, teaching, evaluating, prayer, and more filtering to make sure we are standing firmly upon Christ our solid rock and not sinking into the sands of the enemy's lies. Third, I see our trustworthy helper. Holy Spirit, you are my faithful companion, my wise counselor who is pure and worthy of my trust. Holy Spirit, you live in me and you help me. You never forsake me or misguide me. Holy Spirit, you speak the truth, 
and you reveal the ways and will of my Savior Jesus and my Father Yahweh. I pray for faithfulness for myself, and I ask for perseverance for my friends listening, that we will rest in you, listening with humility and a desire to grow in maturity, while surrounded by a wall of holy fire, walking by faith in the freedom Jesus gave us, not to exchange our identity as sons and daughters for chains in the dragon's dungeons. We are sons and daughters. We are reborn by the blood of the Lamb. The old is gone. Behold, the new is here. We are co-heirs with Jesus, our royal brother and triumphant rescuer. We are friends with Jesus, who has come for the broken and sinful, not those who believe themselves to be righteous without blame. We are mighty warriors, clothed in spiritual armor, wielding powerful weapons to demolish enemy strongholds. And all our battles belong to the Lord. Hallelujah. We are living stone priests, anointed with the Spirit to invite rebellious mercenaries to enjoy honored places at the Lamb's wedding feast. We are witnesses and ambassadors of glory and wonder, leaving the fellowship of the saints to brave the dangerous wild frontier and carry the lost and wandering back home to living hope and abundant life. Listen to these scriptures found in Galatians chapters 3 and 4. Before it was possible to be saved from the punishment of sin by putting our trust in Christ, we were held under the law. It was as if we were being kept in prison. We were kept this way until Christ came. The law was used to lead us to Christ. It was our teacher, and so we were made right with God by putting our trust in Christ. Now that our faith is in Christ, we do not need the law to lead us. You are now children of God because you have put your trust in Christ Jesus. All of you who have been baptized to show you belong to Christ have become like Christ. God does not see you as a Jew or a Greek. He does not see you as a servant or a person free to work. He does not see you as a man or a woman. You are all one in Christ. If you belong to Christ, then you have become the true children of Abraham. What God promised to him is now yours. Let me say this another way. A young child who will get all the riches of his family is no different from a servant who is owned by the family. And yet, the young child owns everything. While he is young, he is cared for by men his father trusts. These men tell the child what he can and cannot do. The child cannot do what he wants to do until he has become a certain age. We were as children also held by the law. We obeyed the law in our religious worship, but at the right time God sent his Son, 
a woman gave birth to him under the law. This all happened so that he could buy with his blood and make free all those who were held by the law. Then we might become the sons of God. Because you are the sons of God, he has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit cries, Father. So now you are no longer a servant who is owned by someone. You are a son. If you are a son, then you will receive what God has promised through Christ. The New Life Version of the Holy Bible. Brothers and sisters, do you know that if you have decided to follow Jesus, you are God's sons and daughters? By the blood of Jesus Christ, we are restored forever into God's holy, eternal family. How can it be that Jesus would die for you and me? Many of us struggle all our lives with who God is and who we are. If you are unsure of your identity today, be encouraged because you are not alone. We have our Heavenly Father's love. We have the Bible. We have the Holy Spirit and we have one another. Take heart, have courage, and keep hope alive because the Holy Spirit within us is greater than the devil in the world. Receive and believe the good news that through our Messiah, Jesus Christ, we are God's beloved sons and daughters. Thank you for listening to this episode of our Pray Tell Stories podcast. We hope these prayers and stories have refreshed your spirit and encouraged your heart as you follow Jesus and make disciples of all nations. Remember to be yourself, enjoy your family and friends, rest in the Lord, and listen faithfully to His voice as we journey together in the Holy Spirit's freedom. Would you like to send us some feedback on the show? Please visit anchor.fm forward slash pray tell and click the voice message button to leave us a question or a comment. Who knows, we might feature your voice on a future episode. Would you like to support the show? Please visit blazingtrees.org forward slash give and make your donation today. We are deeply grateful for your generosity. Until next time, keep praying and telling stories. We love you. Grace and peace to you and your family. Maranatha.